Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Please remember this podcast deals with adult themes. So if you don't have privacy, you might want, wish to put on your headphones. So today I'm starting my series on littles, bigs, and age play. Now this area of kink and sexual identification often really upsets people. Um, many people see it as related to pedophilia, which it is not. Uh, for some people, it's directly related to sexual abuse. So it's an area that has lots of triggers for some people. There are many, many layers, and I'm gonna spend a few weeks examining them in as much detail as I can. But joining me today to start the discussion is Kathleen Melch. Kathleen is a leather woman within the BDSM community. She's been publicly involved with the community for the last 15 years as an educator and also as a title holder. She considers the subject of littles as her primary speciality. Uncovering her own little in her early 20s, it is her mission and joy to guide people who are littles, bigs, and the larger community. So thanks for joining me. Hi. Hi. So let's start with explaining to people what is a little and what's a big. In my world, mm -hmm. littles are... Um, people and it can be both men and women that regress emotionally and psychologically to a younger age, typically around, I would say anywhere between three and eight or so for littles. And then you get into middles. Yeah. It's a little bit, you know, those in between years that we call tween. Um, and, Bigs are the people, the adult people who take care of them and nurture them and watch over them um, and love them. Um, once again, it's a psychological and an emotional regression. And I find that those who enjoy being little need to have a break from everyday stress and this is their way to get that kind of relief. That's a great explanation. I mean, I think people often because it's identified as a kink and it's done in the context of relationships, um, make some assumptions that may not be accurate for everyone. Well, and here's my controversial statement is I don't believe littles is considered a kink. In order for a kink to be a kink, I find it that it needs to have a sexual aspect to mm -hmm. it. And for me, and how I 
guide other people being little because it is a psychological regression should never have anything to do with sex. You're dealing with somebody who really truly believes that in that moment, they really are four, five, six. And my question to, to people then is, would you ever have sex with an actual child at that age? Would you be kinky in front of that child? And their reaction is, oh my God, no. And then I say, well, then there is no difference. And so what's interesting to me about that is that like, so I know people who see it the same way that you do. I know people who decidedly do not see it that way. Um, I know people who exploit the gray area. And by that, I mean that we, are, we, we have sexual, sexuality and sexual impulses from the time we're born. So they exploit that area of sexual impulse and sexual activity that comes with the age that they are. And so well, that's a gray area. So that it's not the big coming in and, and right. No, and and I understand that. My feeling about that, and we kind of do that crossover is what is age play and what is littles. And my definition of that is age play is an adult who is pretending to be a younger age, but still has an adult mentality about everything that is going on. So therefore can give consent, can withdraw consent, can safely navigate those landmines on their own. Whereas a little is truly in a younger child mentality and therefore not able to consent or withdraw consent or navigate or anything else. And so that's for me, <laughs> that's where my delineation comes in from the, the exploration of age play, which I think can be hot. It can be beneficial. It can, you know, be a whole bunch of things. Versus when you do it with a little, it can be damaging. So what's interesting to me about that is, is that what I've seen, now I do have a couple of ages I go back to emotionally for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, but so I, this isn't me, but what I've seen in others is, sexual play with each other. So age appropriate sexual play, not sexual play with a big. Oh, see, I haven't seen so that before. I've seen, I've seen exploration go on like playing doctor. Which, which I think would be totally appropriate. Which is totally age appropriate. And so, so when we say there is no sexuality, like to me, it's like, well, wait a minute, maybe there's, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to think about that. Maybe what we're saying is, well, no adult should be approaching no big person should be approaching a little. And, and that's what I think about it is when, you know, if you do a daddy girl relationship, there is the adult daddy girl relationship. Um, however, when you are doing a little and a big kind of relationship and there is a daddy figure 
then that kind of heads into the area of incest and mm -hmm. molestation. And if you're not careful with that, if you're not in an adult headspace, then it can be re-traumatizing, re-abusing, all those other things that we would obviously consider negative. Um, and you know what, to be honest with you, most of the times that I find with people who are littles and bigs have a very clear understanding of that. It is other people who do not understand littles and bigs from the outside perception don't get it. Yeah, I know. But I, but I can think of some littles where they do, there is sexuality within their relationship with a big. Um, I also know in one case, uh, they're navigating something that could potentially be re-traumatizing because I know this person's history. In another case, I know it, I know the person's history and know that they've never experienced any kind of molestation or sexual abuse. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that actually makes a difference in how it's perceived than if you've got previous trauma or pre even previous boundary things. So, right. you know, I mean, cause I think one of the things, one of the things that people go back to explore sometimes is those weird boundaries. And sometimes people will do that in age play quite deliberately. Well, and that's the difference for me. Like when, when we, t when I talk about age play versus littles, um, I think it's quite appropriate to within age play because I think that's the purpose of age play is to go back and kind of explore maybe for the first time or re-explore, you know, however that works out for somebody. Um, once again, I'm going to go back to, but however, when you're in an age play situation, somewhere in the back of your head, there is an adult within you watching the whole thing happen. Whereas, I have found with people that I have worked with um, and within myself that when I have regressed psychologically, that I truly am that age. And once again, I don't think sex between an adult and a child should be encouraged, right. <laughs> should be explored. <laughs> like, but that's, that's, that's not the time in the space. But that's why this is such a big, uh, uh, such a thorny issue. Even, but even in age play, it's a thorny issue because oh, it, absolutely because it's dealing with because we're talking about we're talking about people in age play who might be choosing to explore an incest theme sexually, and they're making a choice to do that, and they're giving consent to do that, and 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 people have really strong feelings about that. Um, and, and I often have to explain that, you know, that somebody who's doing that in the adult role is not a pedophile. They're having sex with an adult. Yes. You know, and they know that they're having sex with an adult. And yes. And that's, and that's exactly what my, my, my point is, is that the mind frame is it's two adults who are play acting Although it can, yeah, I, I, but I think that I, I know people who would, would have real problems with that because they don't feel they're play acting entirely. But 
It, that's oh. like a, that's the gray area in the middle, right? That's it that, is. That's that weird gray area because if you are really regressing, then, then you have to consider whether somebody could give consent if they're in a full regression. And as a psychologist, I would say no. No, <laughs> you know? no, but, but, but I think that's the, that's, that's the thing that people don't want to talk about when we deal with age play is the potentiality of somebody actually regressing in the moment. And how do, I don't think there's enough education about for bigs, um, or the other adult half of that coupling to recognize the signs um, that somebody has actually regressed and stopped pretending. Well, and I think, you know, that's something, and I know you and I have spoken about this before when I taught at the lair, which is like the idea of there needing to be as individuals taking responsibility, an understanding of certain things that have to do with trauma and the consequences of trauma, which include regression, um, so that you're able to not only protect yourself, and that's your ability to risk assess, but also if you're the person who's in the dominant role and a big would be in the dominant role or an adult would be in the dominant role, you are able to make the appropriate decision for your charge at that point because Absolutely. you have the knowledge that you need but we don't talk about it in the community because that requires us talking about the fact that there are people who are saying that sex that that that, that sex between an adult and a child could be exciting that's not what they're saying right right because they're not saying oh i would like to go out and find a six-year-old and have sex with them but the very fact that they're saying they're going to have do an do a role play where there is a 25-year-old and a 8-year-old having sex upsets the hell out of people and because it does people don't get the education they need because they don't talk about it publicly they won't come to a public class to talk about that most no. of the time no absolutely not because they'll be absolutely targeted not. And right. Yet, and yet there's a lot of age play that goes on. There is. There is a lot of age play that goes on. And it's, it's very funny because um, we talk about it kind of very casually within the community. You know, there's daddy girl, there's mommy boy. And we kind of banter around these titles without really kind of considering the full umbrella of what that actually could include and the implications and consequences and responsibilities of all of that. And anytime I think that we talk about the responsibilities of our kink, people don't want to because then it, it normalizes it makes it too real. It takes it out of the fantasy concept. Yeah. It takes it out of the spontaneity concept. Um, and it's work. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's since this is what I do, 
I always analyze these things because that's like part of what I do. But it's, it's funny because like I know that when I go to events um, that we, there are little spaces now, you know, where they didn't used to be when I was coming up. No, you, there was no, no. You would never have gone to an event and there would never have been a coloring area over in the corner. It would not and, have been there. And here's my other controversial statement about that is I think that is an inappropriate thing. Well, it's interesting because it's not always in the same space. Like, for example, at Weekend Reunion, the Littles area isn't in the dungeon area. Well, then that's okay. It's an like, area. I'm, it's like usually outside by the pool or it's, it's an area it, or inside. The last, time, the last time we were there, there was a corner where the big right. bear was. And it was like a corner in the hall kind of area that was roped, kind of roped off and had coloring supplies and all of that. So it wasn't. But see, this is the interesting thing. And I, this is why I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Cause you know, we both have similar mindsets about these things is the, um, the discovery, I think of using age play as a kink and what that turned into and the connection it has made with so many people because I think they found themselves regressing psychologically and where else were they going to go? Well, that's yeah, that's how it, but that's how it that's, becomes a king. Cause it, because there is a degree of safety because, because dominant folk who are okay with that kind of a role will take responsibility. So you, it's like the crash is over here and the babysitters are at the crash. Right. And but I think that's why people were so many stunned because when Littles kind of exploded onto the scene, it was like, well, how did that happen? And I want to go, it happened because age play happens. And what most people don't want to look at is how many sexual abuse survivors there are out in the world, yeah. both men, both men and women yeah. and how many people have unresolved sexual abuse issues. Yep. And suddenly there is a niche where things can be explored and, and loving and nurturing and caring can happen, which then feeds them. And all of a sudden, all these masters or slaves or dominant and submissives are going... Or, or I should say masters and dominants are going, what happened to the adult? <laughs> All of a sudden, I have a kid on my hands. Yeah. And now what in the world do I do with this? And so they've had to learn how to deal with the psych psychological <sighs> ruins of sexual abuse and not make it about sex because you don't want to re-traumatize so i think it's in some ways i think it's a great thing that people who have had those kind of trauma traumatizations have found a safe place to be i'm very protective of that space and i don't think it belongs in dungeons or play spaces just as much as you would not like really seriously if a seven-year-old walked up to a, a club space and knocked on the door, 
nobody's going to let that child in. And I, and I think, and I, and I, and while I hear you, I think one of the issues and one of the problems is, is that what you get is a mix that moves from a chosen regression, which is not a full psychological regression. Right. Because I think there are different stages. I think there's role play, which is one thing. Role play is one thing. I think there is a chosen regression, which is a partial regression. Right. And then there's the full on. And then there's a full regression. So the age play kind of is the role play person. The chosen regression is that gray area. Right. And then you've got the full regression, which is little. And so there's a mix in the space. That's what happens. Like, so you have things like, you know, you have the big stuffed animal that people are doing sexual things to. Now, to be fair, lots of kids have their first masturbation experiences with their stuffies. Right. So that's actually age appropriate. But then you have um, kind of adults around with like, I, I don't know if you've seen the coloring books that are. Oh yeah. Right. And so, you know, really with what you're saying it's like would you give a six-year-old a coloring book of people having sex no you wouldn't no so you would like, remove them from right. the face and right. i get the, and i get this this i don't call it the stickiness of it because i was in a daddy girl relationship and then during sex as an adult i would call him daddy and you know, if anybody heard us, I'm sure that would be really kind of maybe icky or gross or whatever. Although um, that's actually, that's actually really common. It It is. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I know that, but I'm just saying like, yeah, but for, I'm saying, for anybody listening, it's, it's you know yeah. I mean? You might think, but I'm I know, saying. And it, was, and it was weird when his kids like came home from school, <laughs> his, yeah. his teenage kids, you know, and it was all like, oops. Um, or we would go to a place and, you know, we would be having a scene and there would be like spanking involved or, you know, different kinds of impact play going on. And I would be screaming, daddy. And we're still very much an adult kind of a thing, but there was that, that slide kind of a thing where it's all like, I'm kind of here and I'm kind of not. And then there's the aftercare part where, you know, I've had multiple tops who know that my aftercare, my, my best aftercare is being wrapped in a blanket, put a pacifier or a binky in my mouth and let me just curl up at your feet. That doesn't last, however, like that's just for the aftercare time. And then there's that transition going back into an adult mode so that the rest of the dungeon doesn't get freaked out because people do. People get freaked out with littles in their, in their adult sexual play space. But, and it's always really interesting to me from a, because there is so much of that slide, right? Mm-hmm. There is that slide. There is the slide. I mean, frankly, particularly with spanking scenes, which are sexualized not by the adults, right? Originally. So a Correct. lot of right, a lot of spanking fetishes come out of being spanked as a child, being caned in the head's office, being spanked by a parent, and they're not sexualizing it. 
it's sexual to the child because it's set up a physiological response. And so if you're reenacting that, you could be regressed reenacting that and having perfectly acceptable sex, sexual experience, except for the adults now going to engage where they wouldn't have engaged when you were a child. That makes sense. Right? It does. It does. Yeah. And so that, that's where people start getting uncomfortable. That's that line where people start really getting uncomfortable. And it's, or, and, or the other place to get uncomfortable is, and it's a consent violation as far as I'm concerned, is when littles are in little headspace within an adult sexual public play space because those other people didn't consent to have a child be part of their sexual night. Yes. And in fact, they bought, you know, they, they, they arranged for a babysitter so they could get away from, from, a, child. from a child. Yes. And I think that's a really important thing. When the explosion happened, there was a huge thing of, well, it's a kink and therefore you have to accept my kink because it's my kink and I, and we have that whole, like, if it's your kink, then fine. And I have to put up with but, it well, where it's all like, it's not a, for, for me. And this is what I preach is it is not a kink. It is a completely separate psychological and emotional state of being that that's fine. If you want to go there, then go there in, 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 in places where that is going to be acceptable. Like have, like the, I know a lot of clubs or sex clubs or dungeons that have little parties where they'll cover up all the equipment, you know, so they can have coloring and reading time and all those other kind of fun stuff within a safe space but nothing else, what we would consider adult, is going on. I think it's really inappropriate um, to be in a psychological mindset of being a little and going into a public play sex space where other people are trying to get their, their groove on and trying to like... Well, because because we have such that you don't want to to have sex in front of your child or. But I mean, I think I think it's interesting because, like we say, you know, it's your it's your kink and you can get your kink on. But actually, we do limit certain things in in spaces regularly. You regularly uh, go. We regularly go into spaces where we say no blood play. We right. regularly go into spaces where they say no um, blood uh, play. No water sports or no breath play. And it's not only because of risks or perceived um, concerns of the venue. It is because people get freaked out. Right. So I don't I'm, actually see a reason why, some, why, why it would be wrong for someone to say, actually, this doesn't work for us. If you're going to have that activity, it needs to be in a different space because I don't want... I'm not comfortable with it and 
I have every right to enjoy myself as much as you do. Oh no. Yeah. And when it happened, well, when did it happen? Like 10 years ago? Yeah. Almost a decade, like almost a decade now is that all of a sudden dungeons were full of teddy bears and <laughs> like literally full of teddy bears and little girls. I'm going to use girls because more, more than so than boys um, running around acting like children. And I would have a whole bunch of my friends who knew that I was a little going, what the hell? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm right there with you. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and, and, and I said, I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. And I talked to community people like, so people who own dungeons or own clubs or do events or producers or even educators, people who teach classes. Cause I have, um, I have a really good friend who teaches a fisting class and uh, a little who was dressed up like a Girl Scout plopped herself down right in the front row on the floor and opened up her coloring books. And this educator who has, you know, 30 or more plus years completely freaked out and didn't know what to do about that at all because it made her highly uncomfortable it made her bottom highly uncomfortable. And yet she didn't feel like she could say anything because somehow we have this expectation that anything and everything is acceptable within the community. And I, and I very firmly said to her, you have every right to, for yourself, for your bottom and for your other audience members to address that and to not have that in your class. I find that so interesting because the one area we haven't talked about, which we will only talk about briefly, is the adult baby thing. Yes. Right? However, and now very few people, very few dungeons have a space for adult babies. Very correct. few people are comfortable with that. That is a separate group that usually takes itself to another place, you know. There are separate but this, places. But this wasn't even in a, in, a, in a dungeon or a play party. This was an educational But that's class. what I'm saying, but even in that, we wouldn't accept somebody coming in in a set of, of nappies. No. We would never accept that and, and expecting to breastfeed or expecting to have their nappy changed, in, right? It would be like, go to the nursery. Right. That would be the attitude. Yes. And, and so what, what I get to do is I get to teach people about how to address that. How do, how do you even begin to confront that person? And usually what I say is I ask, I tell them, I'm like, ask them how old they are. And I said, because somebody who's fully aggression emotionally will say, I'm five years old. And somebody who is 30 will go, I'm 30. <laughs> which gives right. you a very clear indication if you're dealing with somebody who is emotionally regressed or somebody who's just kind of uh, indulging in a fetish. And there's two different ways of addressing those two different things. But I think yeah. that education is also really important. And I said, not only is it important for you, the presenter, but you can do it in a way that is also very protective of somebody who is emotionally regressed. It's not appropriate for somebody who is five to, to, watch be, 
Do you watch a fisting demonstration? It's just not. And I, but I think, you know, and I think for me, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series. Cause I think like, we don't really talk about these issues um, well, even in our community. And we are obviously more accepting cause we're already identifying as kinky in one way or shape or form. Right. But the, the, the community of people at large have very little understanding of this whole area. And consistently mm -hmm. legislation is around trying to protect children from sexual things. You know, that's, you know, that's right. why, yeah. you know, and that's why in the United Kingdom, we, I can no longer get a movie um, that depicts face sitting. What? Yeah. Yeah, Why? the law, because it's dangerous. Oh, because of the smothering? Yes. Possibilities? Oh, that's yes. very interesting. So um, uh, a couple of years ago, the law changed. And there was a protest around it. If you go look the protest up, it's quite amusing. The protest there was face sitting outside parliament, obviously clothed, with everybody singing Monty Python, sit on my face. So it was rather amusing. <laughs> Crazy Britons. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was rather amusing. I missed it, which was unfortunate, but it was very funny. Um, but um, it, it didn't didn't change things. At the same time, um, any kind of S and M portrayals were banned. Um, and in in films, and if you want to get a film in the UK or anything produced in the UK, you can't. It's not legal to possess those images. Um, and just a little side note. Does that include internet online? Well, it's not legal to possess them. I can go and look at it, but I can't have it on my computer. Got it. You can't download they can't, it. Right. They can't stop me looking at it, but okay. they damn well can, can, can arrest me if I have it on my computer. Got it. Um, so, but all of that was around further protection for, for children, linking 121 things in with pedophilia. Right. Um, and also, um, children getting access to things that were inappropriate cause they were on the internet. Of course, Pornhub is still up and running and children can access that at will. So at, all it, all, yeah, so all it really does is prevent adults from accessing, in, in, accessing and engaging in what they want to engage in. Right. Um, but it is in the name of it, the attempting to protect children. And so when you, you, you know, you talk about something like age play, I mean, people are like, Oh, protect the children, protect the children. It was like, well, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about actual kids, but we are talking about people when we talk about littles who do regress and who do need to be treated with the care that you would treat a child of that age. Yeah. So my second question is always besides what age are you is where is your big um, and, and then I go and talk to the big directly. I don't talk to the child about leaving. I talk to the big about this is not an inappropriate space. And, you know, at that point I give them two choices. They can leave, um, or they can have their little age up. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the what the opposite of regress, but, but age up to an inappropriate age, come back to, 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 yeah, come back to a present. Um, and then the, it's the big responsibility to, 
to tell the little. It's not my responsibility. And if they don't have a big, then I ask them to come outside with me and I just explain that this is very adult material and this is not appropriate. And um, if they would like to come back, then they need to come back as an adult. And I give them choices, but I don't allow them to come back as children. Um, and once again, I'm, that's about respecting the little space. I'm not, I'm not denying them little space. What I'm denying them is access to things that will harm them. And I find that to be a much more responsible position than going, you just can't be here because I'm uncomfortable. It's about explaining the totality of what the whole thing is in an age-appropriate language, you know, for the whole thing. And, and I find that any educator or presenter has pretty much any reason to get rid of any person that they don't want to have in their class. So, because you have to protect the people who, you know, paid money to come see you. The, I, the other, you know, yeah. 15, 30, 100 people, like, uh, it's about their ability to sit through a class and, and not have a child there. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to, there's a couple of things I want to, I want to say. Sure. Before we wrap up, but, but I'm just going to throw things out that actually bear discussion. So we may need to talk about this again, <laughs> um, which is things like when we talk about aging up, some people aren't able to do that. And so actually um, one of the things that people need to recognize is how intense the regression is and how much control the regressed person has over their regression. Yes. And that's one of the reasons you're so protective. I, I, I am. And, yeah. I am that, because I, there I, are people who live the, the majority of their life in an aggressed state. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I have my own opinions about that. Um, but in the context of a, a play party or, or an, an educational you know, workshop or even like a weekend kind of a thing, then there is the appropriateness of the child. And I'm not about re-traumatizing people because, I, and I'm going to be bold here, I find most people who are capable of regressing completely to a different age um, so completely as to really inhabit a five-year-old mentality uh, says that there was some type of trauma at that age mm -hmm. because they're now stuck. There's a sticking point at that age. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you as a therapist is, are going to agree with me on that one. I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I see the different kinds of people that regress. And I would be this bold, bold enough to say that anybody who cannot come back from that at will, I guarantee has had, has had has, huge has, had, damage. has had damage. And if they need to be brought back, if they're not able to come back and they need to be brought back, there's something else going on. 
Right. It's, it's okay that that's going on. I it, can, I'm not going to label it because, because it's kind of outside the scope of what we're talking about. We can deal with that, but it, we need to be clear that there's something else going on. Just like there's something else going on when somebody has no control of the regression at all. Correct. Absolutely. And we, and, and we need to, in sexual spaces, recognize that's not a kink. That is not a kink. That's not a kink. That has to do with psychological damage. It's actually a positive coping mechanism, but... Yes. Right? And so we both po- agree on that. <laughs> right. So, so it, no, it is. So it's, it's dissociation. That I will label. Like I can label the symptom without labeling everything else. But it is dissociation, which is a fabulous coping mechanism. One of the best. Yeah. One of the highest because it allows people to survive in situations that are unsurvivable. Correct. So it's fantastic. But if you are still at the place in your recovery that you are not able to control that, that's something that, that people around you need to be aware of. And that also is something that whoever is teaching, if you're in an educational space or running the party, needs to have some training to spot and manage because that can be, that person can be easily re-traumatized. Well, and when, and then we go into a whole other area of, of whether or not BDSM um, and play spaces, not the actual play, but those spaces are therefore places for therapy. And well, I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to just say real briefly on my, my short answer is no. Um, it, it, the possible play can be, but the, the spaces well, but in themselves are not, the that's poss- not what they're designed to be for. No. And, but the possible play can be, but I, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I always put my bias out there. I'm really honest about this. While BDSM play and various kinks can be therapeutic, Thank and, you. Can, and can provide somebody with a, with a a place to do some real life reenactment that can be really healing. Absolutely. And amazing. Absolutely. That's I've... not therapy. No, it's not. And and that's often not done under the supervision of a therapist, right? And so the person who's going to to do that reenactment with somebody needs to be aware of the possible pitfalls and also know that that, that, that the person they're doing the reenactment with has access to therapeutic input outside of that space in case something Thank comes you. up. That, and, and I think that's what I was trying to say at the very beginning is that bigs need to understand that the potential landmines for age play can go into areas <laughs> that they are totally not qualified to deal with, may not even want to deal with. And so before you go into those areas, people might want to consider having some kind of either support group or a therapist. I'm going to suggest a therapist to be in the backup, like to be part of the team. Um, And there's enough, I think, uh, BDSM aware therapy, therapists out there now where I don't think it's such a strange idea anymore for therapists to hear that somebody is doing X, Y, and Z within the BDSM world. Um, I will say personally, 
I've always had a therapist who's known exactly what I do and has been encouraging and supportive. And if we decided to go into a deep area within a play scenario, I had that extra support and my partner had that extra support because it can be uh, treacherous. Yes, for the top. Well, and, yeah. And, I, and there's a mess in aisles four, five, and six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, you, that might take weeks to clean up. <laughs> Literally, yeah. like weeks, you know, of, of different kinds of aftercare. And so, and I think that's another why I'm worried, another reason why I get so protective about it is because the aftercare is not just a pat on the head sometimes when yeah. we do age play. Yeah. It, it, can, it can open up Pandora's box. Yes. And I, and I, and, and I think for me, uh, as a therapist who has a trauma specialty, I find that I often have people saying things to me like, I get, I'll get letters on FetLife or other places from people in it. Um, oh, I just want a little bit of advice about how to deal this, deal with this with my partner. And I'll, <laughs> and, and I'll say, you need to go get, you need to go and actually have therapy around that and then do this as an adjunct. Right. No, no, no. I want, I, I, I know we can handle it in scene. Nope. Well, no, you can't handle it in scene. And no, taking- no, because if you're actually dealing with somebody's sexual abuse, and, and here's the reality is, is that the majority of people have had some type of sexual abuse in their life. And if you're talking about women, it's almost guaranteed. There it is. And I say to men who date women, just assume that it's already happened. The, the not and be aware of it, you know, and, and this is, it goes into just even normal, just regular sex can, can be triggering. Um, but once you go into BDSM, there's another level of the potential for triggers. And if you go into age play, now you're even treading into deeper waters. Right. And where so that's where the guarantee of hitting some kind of button is, is going to happen. And so it's not, it's not a simple, it's not a simple kink. It's yeah. not spanking. <laughs> no. It's not flogging. No. It's, it's not, you know, wow, I really like the leather I wear or, or the yes. latex that I wear. It's a very complex. There's complex of... psychological reasons that people get involved in this. Yeah. And I think that's probably where I want to leave this one. It, it, okay. It, that there that's is. There, so the short thing is, this is a really big area. So we're going to talk about it again because okay. it's important to understand the different facets of this area. And not only so you can decide if this is something you want to do, but also, which can, which can be, let's, let's put this on it. Can be a lot of fun. Yes. And can be very sexually exciting and tantalizing. And yeah, you know, there's all that good stuff that goes along with it. We're yeah, not so, denying that at all. Yeah, no, no, no. So, 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 so understanding that, but also, so if you are um, someone who is 
engaging as a top or as a big, that you have the understanding, if you're thinking that's what you want to do, that you have the understanding of what you're, what you're letting yourself in for and know that you need some learning. Yes, education and support. Yep. You're, you, you, you definitely do not. This is not a solo activity. No. Um, the, it, it needs to be you have a village around you to support you on, on this particular one because there are so many different ways it can go. Right. It's been a joy talking to you. And you. So tell me, where can people tell people, where can people find you if they want to have a word? Um, the best way to get a hold of me is through my Facebook page. And um, it is Kathleen Bars, B-A-A-R-S. Um, and if you send me a note with your friend's request, just saying where you heard me from, I will be much more apt to respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then I know that uh, we have a commonality of where I've, where you've heard me. Um, the other place that you can get a hold of me that I don't check as frequently is FetLife. And with that, I am slave underscore Kathleen. Um, and once again, if you send me a note, I will be happy to answer any more questions that I can, can I can handle or discuss this more. It's, it's like I, we said at the beginning, it's one of my things I'm most passionate about. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for joining me for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please write to me with suggestions for the show or any questions you want answered at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Dr. Bisbee. And I've got a YouTube channel where it's Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you'd like a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to https colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com. Go onto the contact page and click on the button that says schedule now. There's a calendar bit there. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can do so anonymously. And I look forward to seeing you all next week for part two of All About Age Play. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.